Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of Galactic Basics. Jawa, how are you doing today? Good, how are you doing, Todd? Doing well, thank you. Uh, looking forward to jumping into another episode here. Uh, today on Galactic Basics, we're going to be looking at factions of uh, the Old Republic. Uh, we're kind of going over that uh, era these first few uh, initial episodes and um, you know look at the the key groups of power and prominence in uh, you know the old republic time period uh, we'll we'll be specifically focusing on uh, about a 50-year period uh, between 3681 and 3630 BBY which is depicted uh, in the Star Wars the Old Republic MMO um, so that's specifically what we're going to be looking at uh, so as we go through this keep that in mind um, Jawa, tell us a little bit of why we've kind of picked that specific uh, time period amongst among all of uh, the Old Republic. Yeah, so uh, the reasoning is essentially threefold. One, it's what I'm personally most familiar with, uh, so I feel best, you know, to give out some information on it. But also, it has, frankly, the most content out of any Old Republic era, except maybe around, like, the KOTOR games. Uh, like. The MMO has hundreds of hours of content, then there's tie-in books, et cetera, et cetera. And it's also just a very broad era. A lot happened, so I figured it's a great era where you can do anything. Uh, so it's a very uh, good era to focus in on, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And would you say it's fair that you know some of these factions might not change too drastically if you kind of go outside a little bit? Yeah, um, one, the main one being the Galactic Republic and the Jedi Order, they're frankly identical, uh, particularly how they are in, like, the prequels and, like, the Clone Wars era. It's pretty much the same. A Galactic Republic filled with corruption. Jedi are warriors with lightsabers running around. Uh, same with, like, the Huts. They're all... A lot of these are pretty much the same, or you could even just reskin other ones to fit different eras right yeah good so yeah so just kind of you know a little bit of a preface there that uh you know keep that in mind as we have this discussion that you know we are kind of sticking to that one specific era but uh you know you can be loose with this as, as if you're kind of tweaking your your uh timeline for your own campaign and whatnot but um let's get into it so uh you know we'll start we you mentioned it a little bit there java with the uh, galactic republic uh you know of course going to be one of the um, main two you know major powers in the galaxy throughout this era uh originally founded by the planets of the core worlds and um you know essentially turned into a massive government uh you know, a democratic republic. And uh, there is some uh, subgroups within here that we'll touch on as well. So tell us about the uh, Galactic Republic as a faction in the in the universe. Yeah, so the Galactic Republic is more or less broken down into two main categories. The first and most prominent is the uh, political side, which is the Galactic Senate. They have all the legislative and executive powers, and they are based on uh, Coruscant, and which is essentially the beating heart of the Republic, both politically and economically and militarily. Uh, and the Galactic Senate is composed of, uh, I think, like tens of thousands of senators and representatives from across the galaxy, uh, with a Supreme Chancellor who is elected from the senators to sort of oversee the proceedings and sort of direct the political vision of the republic as a whole 
Um, and they are... The Senate uh, is a pretty good pretty good basis for uh, political intrigue, which is not something we see too much in Star Wars campaigns. Uh, at least, I haven't. Um, but, you know, there's... Much like in the prequels, there's a lot of uh, corruption, backstabbing, and other duplicitous acts, subterfuge. Uh, maybe like a senator is trying to orchestrate his rise to power for whatever reason. Maybe it's for his home planet or systems. Or maybe the Sith have infiltrated the Senate and are trying to uh, destroy the Republic from within. You know, just sort of like in the movies. But despite uh, wanting to be this, you know, democratic nation built on freedom, justice, peace, and all that, there's still a lot of war in Star Wars. Um, so they need a military and the military is, as you would expect, it's, it's pretty much broken down into the army and the Navy, pretty self-explanatory army is the ground troops. Navy is all the spaceships and the fleets. Um, but the more interesting part of that is the, in this era in particular, there's a Republic special forces division and they're kind of like your super soldier equivalents, I suppose. Uh, they do all, like, you know, the dangerous missions and anything behind enemy lines, that kind of thing. Lots of guerrilla warfare, and uh, they're pretty uh, pretty prolific. Like, I believe it's said in numerous places that they can go toe-to-toe with, like, squads of Sith, which is pretty formidable. So, you know, that could be a great basis for, uh, like, a, a party or a group, right? You know, a group of soldiers working together which you could also tie into the last uh major sub faction of the republic i would say uh being the republic strategic information service it is basically the espionage and intelligence agency uh less of the assassination type stuff and more of like you know infiltration data gathering spreading rumors lies um but you could have the military and the SIS working together. Maybe your players are from both. Uh, and they don't have the best relationship, given their differences in methods and operation. You could even throw Jedi in if you have some Jedi players. But those are kind of the main, uh, the bulk of the Republic's main organization. Right. Yeah, nice. Uh, you know, definitely two core pieces of, of the Republic, as you mentioned, that uh, lots of opportunity to utilize those in a campaign um, campaign setting. And uh, whether, as you said, the players are using that uh, for themselves or they just become a key uh, key factor for, you know, NPCs and, and things like that. So, great. Uh, kind of a... You know, not uh, directly part of the Republic itself, but definitely something that you'd mentioned. I mean, we we need to touch on this faction regardless, uh, but yeah. the Jedi Order. Uh, yeah. You know, those, uh, you know, longstanding allies and protectors of the Galactic Republic, uh, you know, basically since the inception of the Order. Um, so they're not necessarily considered, you know, one of these uh, main powers in the era at this time, but uh, definitely alongside that. So tell us, uh, we, a lot of us know about the Jedi Order pretty much, but uh, touch on a little bit more about that and then kind of using them uh, in a campaign as well. Yeah, so the Jedi 
I'm sure most people are uh, familiar with. Um, in this era, it's very much, again, like the prequels. The Jedi are essentially a religious body, which is probably attached itself a bit too close to the politics and power uh, structure of the Republic. Um, but they are, frankly, almost identical to that. You know, the the only real difference is, um, I would say, is that, uh, well, first, the similarity is during the Great Galactic War, which is the first part of this era, they're identical. You know, they do all their training, they're on Coruscant in a temple, um, but then later, getting into the Cold War, uh, the, that Jedi Temple is actually destroyed, much like in Order 66. Um, but unlike that, the Jedi aren't wiped out, they're just scattered, kind of lost, and they're still well-known within the Republic, but a lot of the politicians have sort of painted them as the reason for losing the war. So there's a lot of, a lot of heavy baggage um, and so if you're playing in the early years of the Cold War in particular, you know, you could have your Jedi players maybe looking to try to rebuild the Order, find a new home for the Order, old Jedi planets that have been long abandoned, um, which there are thousands out there uh, throughout history of Star Wars. Uh, or, you know, focus, again, like the exploration, maybe even dealing with the political and social baggage of the Republic now kind of viewing them as the reason for losing, essentially. Right. Yeah, so uh, again, you know, obviously I think everyone's familiar with, with the Jedi Order, um, but, uh, you know, definitely still prominent here in this era, and uh, one to keep in mind is as a, as a dm if you're creating you know your campaign setting and whatnot or as a player if you're deciding you know how you want to align uh, your pc with it. so um all right let's go to that other side of the coin here uh this would be you know we probably consider them that other that second uh, major power in uh, in the old republic and that's going to be you know of course the sith uh, the empire the sith order and whatnot uh, definitely stark contrast to the republic um you know the the tyrannical Sith Empire uh, of this era. So tell us, uh, you know, about the Sith uh, and and uh, how they come up here in in uh, the Old Republic. Yes. Yeah, so at this point in Star Wars, the Sith are essentially they built an empire instead of just being like sort of a religious order like the Jedi. They rule the entire thing, um, and they're very much so built on the beliefs that the strong should rule and the weak should die or at the very least, you know, be enslaved. Um, they're very xenophobic, you know, they only value humans and Sith purebloods. Um, and their nation is the furthest thing from a democracy. It's straight dictatorship um, where conflict drives everything. Whether it's political, military, it doesn't matter. Everything is built around war or at least destroying your enemies, whether it's, again, like I said, just politically, you know, ruining their careers, or in most cases, killing them uh, outright or worse. Um, but the Sith, again, they were originally born from the Jedi, some dark Jedi schismed off, and thousands of years later, here we are. So this particular empire was the remnants of an old Sith empire from about, I think it's about 1300 years before this. 
that got wiped out. Um, but this one that comes back, it's it's very much like the uh, the Galactic Empire of the original trilogy, um, with the the only real differences being the actual power structure has a bit more expanded to it. For one, it still has a soul Sith as its Sith Emperor, uh, ruling above all. But then below him is essentially the rest of the Sith. They're the, the ruling class, the aristo- aristocracy, uh, with like tens of thousands as opposed to just two in the movie. Um, and while the Emperor is the absolute power in the Sith Empire, he's sort of said to be immortal, all-powerful, uh, and the one who founded it, 1300 years ago so he's lived uh over a thousand years below him is what i would personally say is more like the real government or governing body which is the dark council it's essentially a 12 member council most powerful uh sith lords and they uh they sort of rule all the day-to-day stuff or at least the the top level things whereas the emperor is sort of hidden away and secretive and enigmatic in his rule uh and so each dark counselor rules over what's known as a sphere of influence uh and there's ones such as technology sith philosophy imperial intelligence so on and so forth uh and ultimately everything in the empire falls into one of these categories and thus ultimately answers to one of these counselors and so like i said you know like the military the intelligence agencies these all fall within that even sith order however sith order like i said they kind of rule things so it's a bit it's a bit muddied um but regardless you know you still have like your imperial admirals and generals and uh moths and whatnot so it's still still very reminiscent just more outward red lightsabers <laughs> appearing um and yeah so in practice it is still much like the republic you know there's a lot of backstabbing and constant power plays it's just a lot more overt and as for actually using the sith um i think they're an amazing source because regardless of where you go in star wars the sith are always the main driving force uh for the events of star wars you know the sith break off from the jedi causing a civil war that's I think like three or four, maybe more major wars, all caused by Sith trying to invade. Even the movies are completely driven by the Sith's uh, plotting and evil machination. And so, what I think is a great way to do it in this era is to choose one of these 12 spheres, either as a basis for your campaign or at least a big part of it. Um, Because it's a good way to, excuse me, look at such a massive you know, entity, and kind of narrow it down. Like, I have done that with my current campaign where I chose one of the spheres and ultimately everything trickles down from the one Dark Counselor in some way or another. And so it just really helped me sort of define and tie everything in together. So I think that's a great way to use the Sith in this uh, period of time. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, that's an excellent way to, to kind of think of that, um, you know, narrowing it in uh, so you're not uh, maybe too overwhelmed and uh, 
that could definitely play to, as you touched on a few of those spheres, like the technology one or, or whatever else, um, you know, yeah, really set your campaign up to just be focused on that stuff. So, and of course we, you know, as you said, the Sith are always going to likely be behind the, the, the conflict or, or whatever else is going on in, in the campaign. So definitely an important, uh, group here to, to be aware of. Uh, so Sith, the Republic, we've covered, uh, you know, our main two here in the old Republic. Uh, but of course there are a few others that we want to touch on two more that, uh, you know, they don't hit that level of um, prominence or whatnot as as these two, uh, but still pretty uh, significant here, uh, being uh, Mandalorian clans and then the Hut cartel. Uh, you know, so touch on these two as is you know they're definitely people are going to know of these and and they're pretty significant. Uh, and just tell us about them in this period and then you know utilizing them as well, uh, DM or player. Yeah, so uh, starting with the Mandalorians, they're you know. Very typical how we think of them, like Boba Fett, Jango Fett, or the Mandalorian, as in the show. You know, they wear the armor, strict uh, code of honor and ethics, and they, they have a certain way of conducting themselves nobly, but they're also very much all focused on combat and warfare. Um, and they sort of believe that personal and cultural development can only be achieved through constant challenge and confrontation so it's a lot of conflict but not necessarily like you're not really going to find much of the backstabbing like you will with the sith or even the jedi um but in this period in particular they're large nomadic clans and in the first war of this period they kind of got manipulated uh into one reassembling into like one bigger entity but essentially into blockading hyperspace routes and raiding them uh republic controlled ones that is uh which kind of made it so that the republic didn't get their chance to win the war when things were going well for them and then later on uh, after the war ends they kind of discover that the sith manipulated them and it kind of causes a schism in the mandalorians you know some are like well forget the empire we want to be republic and the others are like no we're going to stick with the sith so there's that which could be something you play into if your players are very mandalorian focused or just interested in that kind of thing um ultimately the sith side do win but they're a lot less uh trusting of the sith um but overall they are i think a great way to sort of mix things up because they're not very black and white the jedi you know they kind of try to be good the sith are generally evil but the mandalorians are neither they're kind of just they stick to their code they're honorable but they do do some messed up things and they are also glory seekers you know you could maybe base a campaign on some mandalorian upstart who basically is trying to reunite the clans maybe it's another schism like i mentioned and kind of go on a galaxy-wide crusade like they did 300 years ago uh, there's there's a lot you could do and get very creative with them uh regardless of era really this doesn't even necessarily have to apply to here you could take any time period you want yeah absolutely we just did our um 
uh, episode or two ago on on our podcast, uh, you know, we we did uh, kind of focus on the Mandalorians more more as an aspect of like their culture and whatnot, and you know, de- definitely a a big group to. You know, there, there's so much there that you can utilize, uh, you know, so in this sense of, of kind of where they sit as a faction or a group within an era, but then also, as you said, as you dive in into it and get into the weeds of, of who they are as, as a culture, if you will, um, definitely lots there. So, yeah, good stuff there. Uh, the next, uh, you know, other big one would be the Hutt Cartel. Uh, I think you said at the top of the episode that, you know, they're pretty uh, similar across the board, era to era, but uh, you know, touch on some specifics here for the huts in the old republic, and then you know how that how they can come into play. Yeah, so uh, like Todd mentioned, they are very similar to how they are in the movies. Um, although the movies sort of just focus on like Jabba and whatnot, and less on the cartel as a whole. But um, essentially, they're what you might almost consider like the third super power or like the little brother of the group. Um, they, they are strong and they control large swaths of space and they have for tens of thousands of years. And they continue to, even during the era of the galactic empire, which is kind of unheard of. Palpatine's not a very, uh, sharing type of person. Um, so they, you know, they're a criminal organization and they, have their hands in anything and everything whether it's illegal especially illegal as that usually makes more money or legitimate you know there's tons of legitimate hut businesses as uncommon as that might sound for them um but they they sort of blur the line you know they they deal with the republic and the empire and everyone else but they will never um align with anyone at least not openly I forget the exact quote, but essentially one of their main mottos is about a strong belief of profit in neutrality. Uh, So they will never openly ally, but secretly they have allied with everyone and everything, you know, there's, and there's just like the Sith and the Republic, tons of power plays, like certain hot crime Lords are trying to, you know, screw over other ones or get them killed, absorb their power and their finances, especially they're, they're very money driven. That's really all they care about is money. Um, but so the huts are really an amazing basis for whether it's a campaign or some adventures or just character backgrounds, because realistically anyone and everything can have dealings with them. You know, whether you're a Jedi, a Sith smuggler, soldiers, whatever politicians, even, um if you you can name it and they can probably be associated with them in some way and i personally have used this multiple games i've had sort of some small dealings in one where they were more of like you know pro-republic band of uh adventurers essentially another where they were bounty hunters working for the huts or at least closely associated with them and the one i'm currently running they're at this point they're smuggling for one of the more powerful huts, and they're kind of getting intertwined um, with the huts and their dealings and all these sort of things. But you could really do, you know, anything with them. It's it's such a open or blank canvas. I I highly recommend at least doing something with them if you 
are in this era. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, touch following uh, your examples as well. You know, I've got uh, one of my campaigns is absolutely centered around a hut. Um, a previous campaign I played in, you know, definitely dealt with huts. Uh, a current campaign I'm playing in, uh, the hunted one uh, that's on Tuesdays, uh, you know, we're dealing with huts. So absolutely, it's they're just such an easy group to, to throw into any campaign. Um, and, you know, whether they're the focus or not, uh, as you said, you know, they're going to be, they're probably going to have their hands uh, in things a little bit in one way or another. So it's a great way just to kind of help uh, stir things up and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, huts are another one to, to make note of for sure. So uh, a few other things. So that's definitely, you know, the core here that we want to touch on. There's obviously going to be lots of other groups. Uh, you know, but those are your big ones there, but there's, there's plenty of other factions, um, you know, not even, you know, more mentioned than just their name, but, um, you know, Jawa, tell us a, a few of these other groups that might just be really, if anything, worthwhile just to know the name of the faction so that, you know, as DM out there, or even as a player, uh, you have that name, you know, maybe in the back of your head when you're putting things together um, and know that they have a little bit uh, significance in uh, the old Republic. Yeah. So uh, sort of, you know, continuing off with the underworld theme from the huts, some other more criminally uh, focused organizations uh, include the black sun who at this point in star Wars, they've just only recently been founded. I think like the year the cold war begins. So depending on what it is, it, it could be like, only a couple years old. Um, but they're rising on Coruscant and they quite literally exploded onto the scene in a series of like horrific bombings and a tr basically terrorist act, uh, just murdering people all over Coruscant. And at least at this point, they just seem like psychopaths who want to kill everything. Um, but uh, for people more familiar with Star Wars, they do uh, by the time of the original trilogy i'm pretty sure they're basically like bigger than the huts so yeah you know there's there's a lot there but another one is the exchange and uh i know todd you mentioned uh that your the hunted campaign you're playing in is dealing with them yep and um, uh yeah you know big thing a big rivals to the to the huts uh you know so that's another one that's that's come up yeah and that's actually what i was going to say is that at this point, the exchange, uh, they're pretty big. They're basically the second largest gang in the galaxy. And they're kind of encroaching on hut territory to the point where they're on planets like Nar Shaddaa, which is basically the most important planet in hut space. And they're trying to take over the planet. And they're the huts and them are very much fighting for the control of the spice trade overall. So, you know, there's a lot of things you could do there. Maybe not base a campaign around the exchange, but maybe. You could do at least a big part of it based on that dynamic and this power struggle, especially if you're doing more like a underworld type campaign. Um, but, you know, a lot, a lot of these factions, these smaller ones are great to supplement the other one. Like another one is the Gino Herodan, which they I believe they originally show up in the KOTOR games. and They're kind of ambiguous at that point. By this point, they're essentially a secretive agency of assassins slash bounty hunters who are trying to manipulate 
galactic events to make a better galaxy, at least what they consider better. And they're they're sort of acting like the secret police for the Republic to the point where I don't think anyone in the Republic, but like the Chancellor is ever made aware of them. Uh, so they're kind of, uh, you know, that could be a cool thing if you maybe get later into a campaign or you want to do some conspiracy theory stuff like tying again back into like the Galactic Senate and whatnot. That could be a great way to do it. Or more on the Imperial side, you know, there's um, one of the more well-known uh, species in uh, other governments is the Chiss Ascendancy, you know, uh, known for Thrawn and all those Timothy Zahn novels and whatnot. Um, at, at this point, they're basically the galaxy doesn't know about them. I don't think that ever changes throughout Star Wars. Um, deep within the unknown regions, though, but at this point, they kind of they bumped into the Sith Empire, and there's no details on how this happened, but they somehow managed to become military allies with them, which, especially for the Sith of this period, that's, like, unheard of. They sort of, if you weren't human, and even then, they generally just conquer and enslave you. Uh, so, you know, you could play up maybe the these struggles or trying to maintain that alliance, right? Because it, I, I assume it would be tenuous. And there, there's plenty of others, organizations too. Uh, Circa Corporation, for example, basically money, uh, very grubby megacorp. They deal with anyone and everyone. They got their hands in everything and they just want money by any means. Um, there's... You know, there's there's just so many. Even like a more Sith-focused campaign, there's a group known as the Dreadmasters. They're basically a group of powerful Sith lords who go rogue and try to carve out their own empire, um, get into some of the more eldritchy stuff. You could go with the Gree Enclave, basically uh, weird aliens from beyond the galaxy. You know, there's there are so many factions which um, you can find so much information on online if you just do a a deep dive on wikipedia even yeah absolutely there's you know again so much out there and you know the the few we touched on i think uh not that they have any major significant importance over some of these other ones that we haven't mentioned but um you know maybe some of them a little bit more recognizable uh but yeah you know i think that kind of leads right into you know a little bit of our conclusion here um you know is is utilizing uh, is hopefully this is enough of a a springboard for you uh, DMs and players out there uh, to then go f go to those uh, sources of information such as you know the the Wikipedia and anything else looking specifically at the old Republic uh, resources and um, you know if you want to get uh, narrowed into some of these uh, lesser factions to either be a part of them as a player or just kind of really have a, a plot line, a storyline in your campaign, you know, run with them. Uh, definitely lots there. Um, any other final thoughts, Jawa, on uh, this topic? Yeah, just sort of how you mentioned, like, using Old Republic resources. Um, I've done a lot of research for my own games, and what I've found to be the most useful is, you know, obviously there's Wikipedia. That's the sort of classic go-to. But there's also uh, some Old Republic wikis, which you can find some more obscure stuff on. Um, but other than that, I think the most useful is obviously the MMO, but if you don't want to play that, cause it would take a lot of time, <laughs> um, 
you can always go on YouTube and there are channels which have all the cutscenes uploaded uh, and like every different dialogue option. So like, say you want to look up uh, Narshada, right? You could just look up Swotor Narshada. You can look up everything. Uh, that's something I've done just to sort of refresh the memory. But the best resource, in my opinion, is the uh, Star Wars The Old Republic Encyclopedia. It's basically a, an in-universe-ish perspective on this era, and it covers all of this in like 10 times, 100 times more than anything we've talked about. Like, it's it, it's great, and um, yeah, if you look into any of these, if you're interested, uh, it, it could be a great resource to help you find whatever info you might be looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of that uh, I, we've touched on before, too. Even looking at, you know, regardless of the the system that you're using for your 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 game, uh, your campaign, you know, look at other uh, other systems for, for information. Uh, you know, some of the old ones, uh, I think it was uh, technically Saga Edition uh, had the Old Republic uh, out there. Um, and that's, you know, a, a great, again, it, a lot of the, a lot of the kind of lore information is, it carries across each of these, but they might present it a little bit differently or whatnot. Uh, you know, so again, uh, plenty of great resources out there and, you know, that's, uh, that's the next step, uh, hopefully after this is, uh, once we have this foundation there to, to continue on. So awesome. All right. So, uh, Next episode, uh, we're going to continue with the Old Republic here and uh, get into uh, the regions uh, and then some of the systems, planets within that. Uh, just kind of talk about the the core regions of the era and you know how they how they factor into things uh, in the Ro Old Republic. Uh, what's contained in those? You know whether there's uh, you know these factions that we just talked about uh, if they're focused in one region or the other, things like that. So. Uh, that's what we'll get into next time uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, but uh, with that being said, do we thank everyone out there who's uh, enjoyed these videos so far. Uh, let us know if you have any questions uh, or suggestions on future topics for this series. Uh, and thank you to all of our uh, followers and listeners. Make sure to check us out, DungeonJediMasters.com, for links to all of our content. And uh, we will see you next time. May the Force be with you. Force be with you.